You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome everyone to Sparking Wholeness. This is Erin Carey, and today I am thrilled to introduce you to Dr. Ram Tamang. He is an Ayurvedic physician, master herbalist, educator, and high performance coach based in Southern California. Dr. Ram was trained as a doctor at the esteemed Ayurvedic University, MGR Medical University in India, gained his master herbalist certificate from GCNM in the USA, and is one of 700 in the world to receive his certification as a high performance coach. As a child of nature, Dr. Ram grew up in the foothills of the Himalayas in Kathmandu, Nepal, learning about herbs and nature-based medicines from his grandmother. Dr. Ram works side-by-side with allopathic doctors, providing his unique perspective of how Ayurvedic medicine can be used along with westernized and modern medicine for a truly holistic and holistic approach to healing. He is known for his unique and thorough approach to Panchakarma, an Ayurvedic detoxification treatment involving a system of in-depth mind and body therapies and procedures along with herbal supplements. This process and system helps to cleanse the body and remove the toxins that may later cause illness or are currently causing illness, helping to bring an unbalanced body and mind back into balance. As the founder and co-owner of the Healing Gardens of Ayurveda, Dr. Ram has helped build and sustain a growing community of people passionate about the value of Ayurvedic medicine. In 2006, he started his practice in Orange County, Southern California, and has been practicing full-time for the last 18 years at the Healing Gardens of Ayurveda, a full-service Ayurvedic clinic, both in person and digitally. So welcome. I'm so honored to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Erin. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. This is going to be a great discussion. I know you are a wealth of knowledge and I can't wait to learn from you. So first off, because somebody might be listening to this and going, what in the world is Ayurveda (laughs) and, and how can it help me? And why do I need it? Because, you know, I, I, I have my regular doctor, I have my allopathic medicine doctor. So how can this be helpful for me? It's such a beautiful question. You know, so simple. I think the the way I like to put it is it's a way of just living a healthy lifestyle, living a healthy life in harmony with your own nature and the nature outside. That's all. That's that's the definition of Ayurveda. It's knowledge about life, Hmm. how, you know, you can align your habits and your you know, daily practices, daily routines based on the rhythm and, you know, the the cycle of day and night, really Mm. your daily routines and your seasonal routines and how you adjust, you adapt. And so it's really like the healthy way of being and living in order to optimize and maximize your potentials as a living being in this earth. And really that's what is Ayurveda. It's a very simple way, nature's way of optimizing everything. Yeah, I love that, you know, because I think a lot of people are out of balance because we live very stressed out lives and we do the same thing every single day, eat the same foods, do the same activities. And we don't know how to adapt to our individual bodies. We've disconnected from that. You know, I think one of the beautiful definition of health in Ayurveda is 
Swasta. What that means is how connected are you to yourself, your individual mind, body, personality type, nature, your own nature, and how connected are you to your own story? Are you trying to reflect it back to the other people's story or your own story? Because you have a unique story to tell mm. and to alive, right? And then it really is also just understanding how your nature, environment, change in the season, the phases of life, phases, different phases of the day, um, you know, part of the day, different phases of your digestion, all has an impact on your body and your mind. And those two can't be separated. I know we always try to separate one from the other and we say, oh, it's only psychological, but you know, it's already impacting your body or you know, whether it is your body's issue and then every sensations you're feeling is impacting your emotion. So you know, that's the beauty about just seeing that how everything is connected, interconnected. And, but at the same time, our lack of connection to our own body, our emotions, our breath, our senses is a huge part of the modern society and our disconnection from the nature. You know, we are so closed in the four walls these days that, you know, we are becoming disconnected to both the nature. So, you know, the imbalances begin and the disharmony happens, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because recently I've done my own experiment where I, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I go take a walk in the sunshine and it is, I live in Texas where it, it, it does get very, very hot in the summer <laughs> and you can't really be out past 8am without just being drenched in sweat. But I will say that it has given me more energy throughout the day and it helps me sleep better at night. So why is that? So beautifully put, you know, I mean, I think today science has validated that simple thing about your ability, you know, your exposure to the morning sun or the the evening sun or, you know, sun enough when it's not too intense, you know, that is helping you with so many biochemicals and the chemicals, you know, the, the changes that happens within the body. From a perspective of Ayurvedic medicine, morning is the perfect time when you're really like, you know, soaking, you're preparing and planning for your day. So just being out in the nature immediately centers you, creates a focus, and you're starting with that, you know, flow in the energy and resonance of like, you know, the rising with the sun, it almost helps you rise above everything and you're ready for the day. That feeling and that physical aspect of just keeping you in the state of movement and of flow itself is really helping on the physical level, you know, in improving that. Just, I believe that, you know, that simple act is impacting everything. Like, you know, whether you think of it in terms of vitamin D, whether in terms of it's just the warmth of the sun that is so embracing to your skin because everything that your senses are exposed to brings about the changes internally on your physiology and your psychology. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that anything that our senses are exposed to can have an impact on our physiology, our psychology. And I think that's such a good time to bring up this other rhythm that is so important for our well-being, and that is sleep. And with that, I want to take a chance to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Sleep Number. My sleep number is 40 
And this week, my sleep IQ score has been in the 90s. So why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because leaf piles, scenic drives, farmer's markets, and hay rides are even better with a great night's sleep. I can fully attest to that and how much I am loving my Sleep Number bed and the quality sleep that I get from it. It is so important this time of year for me to honor my circadian rhythm and to pay attention to the shift in my mood and my energy and to be able to tell myself, yes, it is time to rest when it is time to rest. That's such a big deal for me. And when I do pay attention to that, I know my sleep improves and it doesn't hurt that my sleep number bed keeps me rested and comfortable and I just love it. I I can't say enough about it. And I am not alone. Sleepers who use their 360 smart bed technology enjoy 28 minutes of more restful sleep per night. That's up to 170 hours per year. How much sleep is enough sleep? How much should we be aiming for? Well, for school-aged kids, 10 hours are going to do the trick. Too little sleep will impair their ability to learn new information, which can affect concentration and schoolwork. For tweens and teens, 9 to 10 hours of rest each night is needed as kids are entering adolescence. You know, their brains are changing and all of that. Parents need sleep too. Adults need 7 to 9 hours of sleep per night. And Sleep IQ sleepers with kids attain an average of 30 minutes more restful sleep during the weekends compared to weekdays. So as the school season continues to throw many of us off, it is so important to have that restful sleep. And that is what I love about Sleep Number. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because every great day starts the night before. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash wholeness. That's sleepnumber.com slash wholeness. Now, Dr. Ram, I want to get back to these rhythms and how anything our senses are exposed to can impact our physiology. So I want to clarify something by our senses. You could even factor in emotional or physical trauma or negative emotions that we're exposed to. You're saying that that can impact our physiology as well. 100%. I think everything that you've seen that has become a trauma. You know, trauma is a very big word and and we have gone through traumas in different ways. It's personal, maybe it's just an event or just it's a cumulative effect of the events or it's, you know, and there's different layers to it, like, you know, ethnic and, you know, other things. But trauma, does that have an impact on your physiology? Absolutely, yes. You know, what I say is every senses, what you see, what you have heard, what you have tasted, you know, whether it is good, bad and ugly, too much of it, lack of it, or there was absolute irregularity, there was no rhythm to it. And what touches you, who touches you, like the sun, too much of sun is a problem, lack Mm -hmm. of sun is a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, too much of the sound is a problem, lack of sound is a problem. Good words, or too much, you know, or negative words that you hear, you know, things that you see always like, you know, events and circumstances that throws you off and keeps you on the edge of sympathetic predominance, you know, that or whether it is, you know, that balance of like, you know, just where you constantly slow down and you don't have that push and aspiration and a fire to move forward. You know, you live a comfortable life. Yes. But sometimes you don't live a completely a free life. Mm. You know, so every senses you know, whether it's too much, too little or erratic, creates an imbalance and throws off your imbalance, you know, harmony in your own internal, 
you know, whether it's digestive system, whether it's your respiratory system, whether it's your endocrine system, whether it's your immune system, or your psychology, emotions. Today, I love it because so many of the simple wisdom of Ayurveda has been proven time and again with the modern science, like whether it's talking about microbiome, digestive, mm -hmm. you know, thing, mm -hmm. whether it is now what they're saying, you know, the circadian rhythm medicine, the rhythm, it's so beautiful because this mm -hmm. is something that was taught 6,000 years ago, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> and, you know, the new science is that PNI, you know, science, which was like really a mind opener for me was like the psycho, endo, neuro, immunological studies that, you know, it's like, huh, it's something new, huh? <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. So, and so, you know, it's so beautiful for me to really see that how everything is connected, yet we are disconnected. Mm. And that understanding and recognition, recognition is missing and which creates a turmoil on the physiology of your body. And then that starts like how you began by saying, you know, every issues through our senses that has not been digested starts to have a cumulative effect leading to that cumulative trauma. Yeah, that, you know, I, I'm so glad that you brought that up. It is, it is a little bit funny how we have all these new quote, I'm doing air quotes, new studies on psycho neuroimmunoendocrinology and new studies on the gut microbiome and the gut brain connection That's where right. this is something Ayurveda has been teaching for thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> I believe somebody referred that to me. I recently was talking to somebody, I think it's called chronological snobbery. When we believe that we, in our time yeah. only know the best for everything in the world. Whereas for thousands of years, Ayurveda and even things like Chinese medicine and all of that. I mean, this knowledge about the connection in our body is, has been available. And I think intuitively people know that we know that there's a connection. We just disconnect, like you said. It is. It is. And thank you for actually saying that because I think it is a common sense. We feel it intuitively, but somehow it's, you know, even though it's a common sense that we use our senses to connect to the outer world and outer world is connected to your inner world through your senses. It's a common sense thing, but yet it's not a common practice. You know, it is not. Hmm. And we overcomplicate things. We have so much distractions. You know, we are going to overwhelm. We go into burnout and we go into, you know, because of all of that, you know, disconnection, fatigue. And, you know, today energy is a big part of just existence. You know, and today I see people always struggling with those little things, whether it's physical or emotional energy and when you ask, how is your emotional energy or your physical energy? People are always like, you know, it's a downer. There's mm -hmm. a lack of flow. But energy is always generated where there's a flow. When you digest and honor that process of digestion, right? It's not so that processing and that digestion of what you are exposed to is so important and how your body is able to nurture, nourish and accumulate that. Because your tissue gets so confused with all that's going on that is holding the issues, the nourishment is thrown off. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, I get so excited. I go all over the place with this because, you know, I no, love- No, it's good. Yeah, well, and so, and you're saying 
because I have a saying that I, I love to use a body and stress won't digest. <laughs> so you're talking about digestion and yeah. by digestion, you're not just talking about food that we eat digestion. We have to digest everything that we are exposed to. So nice. how does that get stuck in our system? So beautifully put again, right? I mean, you know, they say right question leads to the right answer. How does it get stuck? Anything undigested, not fully processed, remains in the body. Like the stress, body and stress, how said when that happens, what is the physiological change in the body? The body is reacting, whether it's your sympathetic, the minute your heart races, your adrenal pumps and your neurotransmitters increases the cortisol, then your digestive system shuts down. That's the only system that shuts down. The blood supply to is shunted and then lymphatic congestions happens, which is the byproduct of the undigested food. And that's happening all the time. We are in the state of fight, flight and fright or freeze, right? And so in that moment, when your digestive strength, your circulation is hindered, your, there's a congestion, your you know, things are constricted, then the digestion is already hindered. So when it's not uh, you know, being, when it's not fully digested, then what happens to that undigested food? Your body is not able to, like you know, the, the accumulation, the assimilation part of it is completely hindered. And even when it circulates back into the body, it's uh, fully, unprocessed food within the body. I'm not talking about the, the processed food outside, but the processing that's happening is also now not fully processed. Now that is the cumulative effect of how it starts to slow down your system. Then, then, then there are congestion, there's constrictions, and that is the confusion in the cellular intelligence. Because you know the beautiful thing about Ayurveda and yoga is what we say is every cell has an intelligence of its own. It knows what to assimilate and what to eliminate. Mm -hmm. It's fully right? So yes, and that's science, <laughs> that's science too. We know that from science as well, the cell membrane. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so that exchange of nutrition and nourishment when their toxicity, this cumulative effect starts to accumulate and you know, like Ayurvedically, we called it, it clouds the intelligence of the cell membrane of the cell, and it confuses that, right? And so that is where that's, it's magical, because that's how it actually hinders the cell, you know, the, the, the digestion, digestibility, or connectivity, or assimilation. And, you know, so that's where I think the confusion begins. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you know, you've mentioned that especially for women, you know, we tend to store, and I see this a lot. So I, I coach individual clients, nutrition, coaching, health coaching, that kind of thing. And it seems that there's a correlation between emotional storage and even physical storage, fat storage, and um, being unable to process or lose weight, storing weight, even leading to things like autoimmune conditions, thyroid diseases on the rise, um, reproductive issues, what is going on there? What a beautiful question, right? I, I, the reason I say that is, you know, usually, I mean, throughout the history of time, women are supposed to have a certain, you know, way of being, and you know, but they don't have, you're, you're not supposed to express certain, you know, ambitions and aspirations, <laughs> and, you know, have the drive, and, you know, you have to be the family woman. And, and so there's have been always the patriarchal, thing and you know it's like again 
historical traumas that you know because i'm i'm seeing that and i can say that with you know openness because i see that a lot in my clients who i see every day and so they they find it very difficult to express their emotions and they're always doubting am i you know am i saying it right am i and so there's doubt there's resentment there's guilt all that they are constantly going through and so when they are not able to express it in ayurveda we say it starts to impact your throat chakra the energetic throat chakra that is nothing but your thyroid right the autoimmune disorder is a lack of communication between the cell to another cell or the communication between your major organ to organ because they all are communicating in your body every part of your body on a physical body also they are connected and they're communicating and there's the emotional psychological aspect of we call it different sheets whether it's your brain sheets or your digestive sheets you know food made sheets or your mental sheets they're always communicating so when there's a lack of that communication and expression through your five you know we call it there's gyanendriya which senses that connects the outworld outer world to inner world and karmaendriya is the action you know the motor organs that connects through the expressions and because of all that suppressions externally they have found it more difficult today to you know express their emotions and again so that i see how are leading to all this endocrine you know related issues psychological issues neurological issues you know a lot of the autoimmune disorders and so that's why you know that expression missing of expression feeling truly connected because there's suppression and that suppression is what is creating that stagnancy constriction and then the energy of any of the qualities of the elements in nature when you suppress them what does it do it's a matter of time it will burst mm. emotions are like you know a balloon you know filled with air you're trying to press it under water and that's the cellular suppression we try to do that but then what that does it create it bursts it it creates constriction blockages and you know the wrong way of flowing so that becomes mm-hmm. the cause so i don't know if i answered that you know question yeah. for you Yeah, you did. And that's, I mean, that constriction that you're speaking of that stagnancy, um, how can somebody break free from that? And how can somebody find a way out? How does Ayurvedic medicine support that? So I think one of the foremost thing that I always say is really understanding and connecting with, you know, what are you feeling, right? I think it's so important. but the above all of just to answer directly to your question connecting not only to yourself there is a short term and a long term plan you have to have in a short term you have to cope with things by you know you act you cope and you respond right and so in that short term sometimes it's really about connecting and finding friends and families or a community who are also going through that and you being able to express that i think the community is a big part of it journaling and expressing through your senses singing chanting dancing we do know you know motions impact your emotions and so ayurvedically we say sensory motor organs like you move you dance you sing you chant you know you you know you do arts you do journaling it all helps and then immediately to cope with those things 
connecting with your body through self-massages from head to toe. Very, very important. There are Ayurvedic, and then the long-term, you know, doing like emotional detox, the, the physiological, physical panchakarma detox that really detoxes the mind-body, you know, really those emotional things that is being held in our different tissues, especially majorly on the fat cells of our body that leads to slowing down of your metabolism, sticky, gooey, gluey toxicities that is, matches the resonance qualitatively with your fat cells. And you have to really, you know, eliminate emotions through that physical and emotional. So in the short term, you would immediately think like your breath work, because immediately when you know you cannot control the situations and you can't do all of that, you do. And the minute you feel a little bit more connected, stronger, then you can actually say, okay, now let me think of what can I do next week? Mm -hmm. what can I next month what can i do this season so you're ready for the season you know not waiting for the season to come and then getting panicky but you're ready mm -hmm. for the season mm -hmm. right because you know there is going to be that it's i call it you're weatherproofing yourself you know, <laughs> the weather comes you know because mm -hmm. it's there it's going to come <laughs> absolutely so, yeah. i always say short term and long term you have to think like yeah that. i think that's really good because i think we do a lot of times we you know, to put it into sports terminology, we play on the defense when something hits, then we take action, right? Like, oh no, something's going on with my body. Got to figure it out. Instead of like what you're saying is get in front of it and put some tools in place that can support a calm, connected environment in your body. Because I do believe a lot of women are not connected to their bodies because of maybe dieting, body image issues, media, society, what we're told we're supposed to look like, be like, do all of these expectations, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. See, because I think it comes in so many different forms, like the words that you hear, the medias and the social medias today. I mean, it's crazy. I think that is impacting so many women. Mm -hmm. Not only, I, I, I don't want to say it's only women. I mean, just, yeah, you know, yeah. not, not limited to that. But what I see is it's more. I see that more. Because you are more, you know, there's like that emotional need to connect so much more than, you know, okay, I have a goal, I need to go pursue, you know, mm -hmm. so there's two ways of looking at the, we call it the male energy and the female energy. Okay, yeah. Right. And so I'm not just saying the, there are so, even males with a feminine, you know, energy predominance. And so having said that, I think that is what we need to tap into those two energies within you. And woman, you know, fem feminine energy is a lot more emotional. And when that connection to your own emotions and you're not feeling fully digested, that can come from all of these expectations that has been poured onto you and you always feel imperfect. Hmm. You That's always feel imperfect. Yeah. But, you know, the true beauty about Ayurveda and the holistic and holistic way of approaching anything is you are absolutely perfect in the place you are. You know, you have a plan, you have a story and you're perfect in that imperfection because imperfection is what is perfect about nature. <laughs> you know, I like to put it that way, you know, it really is. Mm -hmm. It is always in this state of dynamic and, you know, it's always fluctuating. Every second it's fluctuating. And so we have to tap into that. And, you know, as a feminine energy, you are, you are an ocean in this, you know, of emotions. 
mm. and you are the powerhouse and you got to really connect with that nature within you connect with the nature outside and connect with your community to share to express and sometimes if that is not possible journal i always say you know i mean it's feminine energy in me or male energy in me it doesn't matter but when you express it it gives me the vision and it really reduces my distractions of all that that comes from your senses whether it's social media it's your community sometimes community helps but community can bring you down there's mm -hmm. always that this is so good and it, this is so funny and I, and i don't i don't mind saying this to all the listeners out there, <laughs> but this is actually every once in a while, I have a podcast guest that I interview and I feel like he is talking directly to me. And I'm oh. telling you, <laughs> this is so fascinating because I recently was told by one of my amazing friends and yoga instructors that I lead with my male energy so much too much, probably that I need to get more in touch with my female energy because there needs to be that balance. But when we are achieving type A, go, go, go people, we think we have to only do things in this one lane. So whether a woman is leaning too much into her feminine energy or masculine energy, where's a good way to start that balance? I know you mentioned journaling. I think that's, that's really, really helpful. What else? I love that. I think one of the main thing is really finding out what's important for you in your life in your story. And we all have a different story. You know, when you talk to people, they say, oh, relationship and family is my priority. But there are a lot of people who say, nope, my career, my financial stability. And again, of course, all that goes back to your past experiences, what you've heard, what the society has taught you and what you resonated with. And so in each of these, there is the feminine, you know, like the masculine energy. We call it the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. What was triggering you? What was your excitement? What was your enthusiasm? What was your curiosity? And what resonated with you? But to find that holistic life and how do you evaluate that and assess that is, am I paying attention to all areas of life? My community my health, my career, my relationships, my, you know, my values and my hobbies. Like, you know, just simply being human, you know, that human. I think when you start to pay that and you have to learn to assess that, am I paying attention to all of these? And am I also giving a little bit of rest and reset? Mm -hmm. We like how you said on the go, 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 go. We also know, we also know that even the most amazing heavy duty engines also crash when you're driving up hills and mountains. <laughs> Why is it they say, okay, you know, stop halfway. And I come from, you know, like driving in the mountains. Every couple of miles after that heavy pull, they say rest. When you're not only driving in your vehicle, but when you're climbing the mountain. Formula One, I think is a great example. It's not <laughs> that they wouldn't go on and on and on. They could go another few laps, but they stop. Pits, you know, pit stops. Mm -hmm. And so that is the reset point. And how do we differentiate and distinguish between nature? Night is important, so is your day. Right? There is the 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 moon energy is the feminine energy mm. of rest, ease. And that is so essential for 
every recovery and resetting your system. Even Ayurveda says healing your emotions is only possible if you have a quality sleep. And look at modern science again, mm. air too, right? That's the quantity good. and quality of sleep. Look at it this way, that now there is a rhythm, circadian rhythm, and the predominance of one of these elemental qualities, even at the midtime, like, you know, from six to 10, there is a predominance of more of the water energy. Mm -hmm. And from 10 to two is more like masculine energy. And then you have, you know, then from two to six is a little bit more settling energy again, starting to balance that. The assessment I liked, I know I'm going all over the place. This is great, yeah. So much is there, so I just get excited. To find that, it's really about listening to your heart and your head and your gut and saying, if your adrenal is pumping really hard and your heart is racing really hard, then it's more of a masculine energy. Mm. And there's nothing wrong. As male, we have that, you know, as a female, we have that. And as a male, am I feeling at ease, feeling safe? and secured and centered and grounded. That's the feminine energy where the oh. parasympathetic takes over. Yeah. Right? And the, the reason I said sleep is that where it is so important, so is the day for, to, for you to perform. So that balance, that dynamic balance, how is my heart rate? How is my you know, body? Is it tensing? In a state of tense, needing to fight, flight, and freeze, your parasympathetic, that's more like, okay, trying to cope, trying to do that. That is your male energy, trying to be always in the state of needing to hunt, you know, survive, <laughs> survive. But the feminine energy is like that, you know, compassionate, loving, kind energy. And that, is where you feel safe. Yeah. Now within, within the family, within the community, that energy, like, you know, with some people, you just feel that. And that's why don't we say it's like, oh my God, she had such a motherly nature. Mm -hmm. We tend to say that, right? It's like mother earth when you lay down and that, yeah. So that's, that's how I would say, you know, just observing your breath, if it's short and shallow and you're really like in that, you know, fight flight, then it's more masculine. And you need to always, when you have, for a short time there's a predominance you immediately have to reset it and find a balance with that and if you have been like resting too long now it's time to start moving because once you start resting you you may just want to lay down and rest and become you know it's like a stagnant again that can also slow you down that's true that is a good point yeah yeah so even for you know i think about even for men too. I mean, this is, there's that balance that needs to happen because they can't stay in that state of go, go, go all the time either. They need to be able to lean in to that safety, the grounding that you mentioned. Very much so. I mean, generally like, you know, I mean, on a physical level, somehow, you know, they have more of that masculine energy you you know, in the emotional and physiological, but physiologically, somehow they are able to do a lot more hard. I'm not trying to, again, say, you know, trying to be a conflicting uh, preacher about it. I'm not, you know, I want you to understand that, you know, but when you look at it, the body mass, body structures of things and the hormones and the testosterone that is usually a lot more predominant in them, Mm -hmm. that makes them the go like, you know, hunters in that sense. Mm -hmm. So even for them, in the past, in the evolutionary of time, it was more of a spurts of time. 
They needed to rest and then they relaxed. They needed to rest and relax. But today, even men don't do that anymore. So it doesn't matter. They may have a little bit of the initial, you know, that the, the evolutionary, you know, predominance of you can do a little longer, but that doesn't mean anything. In general, you will crash. It's almost like when you do not rest and recuperate and allow the resetting to happen and the, the nurturing, nourishing femi feminine energy to be tapped within yourself, or we call it the, the kapha energy or the water and the earth energy. And if it, that doesn't happen, then you will get burnt out. Anything, excess heat will burn you out. Lack mm. of heat will create imbalances in your ability to digest. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, much, it does. Yeah. Too much, too much fire energy is going to create volcano. Mm -hmm. Eruptions. It's a matter of time. So we too have much to wind. make space for rest. Yeah. We have to Absolutely. make space for that. Resting and creating a better flow. Mm. Yeah. So fire energy is that. That would be the, the male, like, you know, even for males. And then it could be sometimes like, you know, you just the nature's elemental energies, right? Whether it is air, wind energy, mm -hmm. anxiety, nervousness, like not feeling grounded at all. That's the air energy. A fire energy turns into volcano, air energy turns into more of the overwhelm, right? And that's like a storm and a tornado. Mm -hmm. And water energy also, if we're not careful, will lead, excess of that will lead to tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I say. I'm well, sorry. No, it's good. And it's also, I mean, I think about when you're speaking of that, I, I do know very, very little about the doshas, how every person is maybe more predisposed to a certain type, right? And so when you're talking about the earth and the fire, is that the kapha dosha that you're you're speaking of? Kapha is more water and earth, slower metabolism, you know, a mm -hmm. lot more an example of an elephant. Like okay. <laughs> slower, they walk, you know, just, and the mm -hmm. fire would be more like the leopards and the parrots and the mm -hmm. tigers, right? And then the, the wind would be more like the foxes, which, and then, you know, the, the, the hummingbirds, like zzz, mm -hmm. And that would be the more the pitta, right? Is the no, more well, hummingbirds and the foxes would be more the the wind, the vata. Vata. Okay, so so vata is more head and wind, yes. and the anxiety, and okay. then pitta is more where that's the leopard fox. Fire. Is that what you said? Okay, fire. Okay, okay. Right. So that's like the parrots, and then that's like the 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 animal kingdom would be leopards and tigers. But okay. the kapha would be more like swan, ducks, and, you know, elephants. Energetically, I mean, that's how. Energetically, right. So people, yeah, yeah. and that even can fluctuate with the season. So even if we're predisposed to a certain way of being through that, the seasons also take on different energies as well in, in that way. Yes, absolutely. So anything to do with like, you know, those, the, the, seasons like for example winter and spring is more the earth and condensed heavy weather mm -hmm. like water mm -hmm. right so that would be the kapha predominance summer okay. or like the heat like how you said 100 plus it's definitely fire pitta aggravating in seasonally and that's and then, why i love it is that why i love the heat in the summer because i'm more pitta dominant <laughs> no it sometimes that could be like that 
could be maybe because of your kapha in, in nature or oh, you might okay. have the water and the wind and then the heat oh. feels amazing for you okay. and has it always okay. been that way or is it the recent past that has been happening oh that's a good that's question. a good question to ask is it like in the past you know few months few years or always throughout you know from the childhood even you have been you know more like wanting the warmth and the heat that's a good question to ask mm-hmm. that's what is really like because sometimes our imbalances confuses us and we think it is really and your the imbalances is creating a congestion the kapha imbalances could be you know but again if it is always been that way then it's like ha huh, my tendencies are that but if you're a bit the predominant person like for example if you have a lot of heat in your body should you be exposing yourself to too much heat and working out in the middle of the day that's adding to more intensity more heat mm-hmm. and what will that do you have more chances of aggravation in fact you have to do the opposite if you are a pitta predominant or type a personality then our tendency is to go out and take conquer doesn't matter what time of the day midday high intensity spicy food little bit of coffee all of that is heating in nature mm-hmm. it is. so you have more chances of volcano erupting in some part of the body physiologically and emotionally and creating an imbalance does that make sense that's so good yeah this is helpful so really whatever we we want to find not necessarily the opposite, but we, it's what you're talking about is just creating balance goes beyond just finding times for rest, finding times for movement. It goes into every area of our life. Absolutely. This is so, this is what I meant. It really, how do you manage your day mm-hmm. from when you wake up to when you go to bed? What do you eat? When do you eat? How do you eat? Today, we do now. in different seasons different enzymes are more predominant in your mm-hmm. gut wow, right mm-hmm. <laughs> and then different parts of the day you are able to digest food better wow mm-hmm. okay so is is it something new no it's a science there is evidence now you know you could but it's something ayurveda has always said that right the time of the day the seasons all of that what a beautiful way and different seasons will also create more of that emotions look at that Yes. That's why SAD, right? We have seasonally affected Absolutely. diseases. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, is that something new? Ha. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, all of those, I think seasons has that impact. Yeah. The time of the day has an impact. So it really comes down to how do you manage? What do you do? When do you do? How do you do? And then to heal, you ask one layer other question why do we do yeah right and nobody so wants then, to ask that nobody wants to ask why <laughs> yes but it's important to heal emotionally mm-hmm. because that helps us to digest because it helps us to create that inner connection why do i do this what i do and what i eat mm-hmm. simply what i eat when i eat how i eat Ayurveda was all about that. It's that rhythm and a routine. Your dinacharya, we call it. Your ritucharya, which means dinacharya means daily routines for you, for your body type, and for the season, and for you, your geographical location, and for the kind of work you do. You have to adjust it to you. Yeah, it's your nature, and it's so personalized and individualized. And that's the beauty about Ayurvedic medicine. You know, it's so so important. Your daily routines, literally, that what you do. and why you do when you do and how you do 
what you eat and what you do with your senses. How much of sun, how much of exercise. Oh my God, for everything there is evidence now. And whether it is exercise, whether you do too much of the screen, too much of loud noise, you know, that can impact, you know, impair your hearing. Oh my God. So all that is what it is, comes down to your daily routines. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because you can't really get a handle on that until you have learned to connect with yourself. As you mentioned at the beginning, it really does start with connecting with your own unique personhood, <laughs> right? And, and what do I need as a unique person? That's right. That's right. And just understanding with yourself opens up a completely new, new options. You know, the beauty about it, again, is not about restricting your, you know, options and your choices. There's so many choices today for everything. And when you connect with your personality, my tendencies, and is it serving me? Is it helping me with my you know, body and my emotions and my spiritual growth and moving forward? Or is it creating more constriction? You know, mm -hmm. again, Ayurvedically, we go into your mind body types and your psychological types and your physiological types. And then it goes into the essences of all that as well. Mm. Ultimately, everything has to be digested and turned into what we call it the essence in Ayurveda. The essence of the digestion of all of your senses leads to something called ojas that builds up your immunity. And that's what when I, you know, the beginning I said PNI that, you know, psycho, neuro, endo, you know, like the immunological connection. I was like, wow. See, look at how is all of that. Everything that you digest in, you know, you know, 30 days to, to, to 36 days, it turns into your oldest, the essence. It's like really that long in order to digest all of those things. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's so interesting. It's so helpful. And I think that it, it's another important reminder to if you are feeling out of balance, it's probably your body telling you you are out of balance and there needs to be some balance created somewhere. And Ayurveda is a way to address those imbalances to find some peace in the body. Yes. Peace in the mind as well, right? Mm -hmm. When your body is at ease and your mind and emotions at peace with what is, mm -hmm. you know, being able to embrace the day. And as I say, short-term coping and short-term, you know, like today's goal, tasks, finishing that, mm -hmm. productivity and gaining clarity. Like, you know, what's my bigger purpose? And sometimes we get lost in the bigger pictures. And Ayurveda has always talked about what are your pursuits and your purposes in life, your dharma. But what's your dharma for today? Mm -hmm. What can I do today? Because you may know all these intellectual big talks, but if you don't take actions, you won't get the results. Mm -hmm. So gaining clarity on that also helps us with that. And everybody's story is so different. That's why I think it's so important to ask what's important for you. Gain clarity on mm -hmm. that. And take the one next action, karma. Karma means actions. Karma means, mm -hmm. you know, your effect. Karma means your destiny. But karma literally means your actions. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do today? One thing, one day, one moment, one day at a time, you change one habit to cope with things and to get closer and align to your destination goals. And enjoy the process so you always have to be not only goal-oriented, but also process-oriented, which mm. creates a focus, which improves your productivity, 
which helps you connect to you, yourself, your daily habits, and that alignment. And that helps you reconnect to your deeper consciousness and realize and make you realize that we are all connected. Yes. And so that's that's the, the, the deeper spiritual soul connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's so good. I'm looking at right now. I have a note um, that I have posted at my desk that I look at all the times and all the time. And it says, what can you do today to get you where you want to go? <laughs> and that is, that's exactly what you're talking about is that everybody can choose one thing, whether it's maybe get morning sun, you know, gets, if you're not getting sunshine, get sunshine, get nature, find some nature time. For a lot of people, they need stillness, right? And we don't get stillness these days. We think we have to go, go, go and do, do, do. <laughs> so true. So true. You know, stillness, when you close your eyes and connect with your breath, and when you connect with your body, with your closed eyes, the sensations that you feel really impacts all of your emotions. In Ayurveda, what they beautifully say is, you know, your sensations, the emotions and feelings are nothing but your sensations, what you receive through your five senses and the flow of those subtle energy prana, you know, that when it flows, it creates a sensation and that sensation, your reactions to your past experiences and based on the quality of the mind, the memory that creates emotions. I know emotions is reactions to your sensations that you create based on your senses and that life force into your past experiences. Huh. It's an experience, it's a sensation. And those emotions quickly, depending on how you're processing it now, right? How you're processing it and how it actually creates a feelings and emotions deeper. Is it a emotions and feeling that is creating a constriction in your tattoos and tissues and throwing off your inner physiological agni, we call it your cellular metabolism, your you know, your, whether you call it your intelligence, whether it is simple tissue circulation, that is the, the fire that has to process and digest that. And is it digesting it well? If it's digested, it's assimilated better and released better. And if it's not, now that is impact, is creating more stagnancy, more constrictions, and that starts to build in imbalances. And when that happens again, often, then it becomes the cause of diseases. And then, you know, the beauty here is human mind, memory, mind, one of the quality of the mind is memory. Mm. And the mind quality, other one is to, to like, you know, be able to discern, right? What's right and wrong, like the wisdoms and that gets confused. And we're not able to use our memories to move forward, rather our emotions is keeping you there more stuck. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that how, like, you know, when you look at the sequence of, and it's all sensory, mm-hmm. you're processing about it. Yeah. And that and can that, keep us from moving forward to reach those goals that we have. That's right. And then like, you know, the, the goals, short-term and long-term goals, short-term also has to be good because that's what's going to make you feel more empowered, more inspired and more excited. When you, you know, you complete those, you manage your day well, you'll manage your week well. When you manage your week well, you'll manage your month well. When you manage your month well, it's your quarter, the different season well, you know, and then that's how it really moves forward. And that's the alignment and tapping into your physiological, 
your sensory, your psychological, and your superconscious, you know, the spiritual aspect of alignment that leads to that. And I know it sounds so like, oh, that sounds so foo-foo and so big, <laughs> but it's so practical. It's mm -hmm. about your purpose now. My purpose is to really give the best I can when I'm with Erin talking about it today. So mm -hmm. that, you know, I, what I feel deeply and what I believe in. Yeah. You know, I want to bring in that energy when I talk. That's my intentionality for the day. You know, that's, that's how I believe that when you align that with intentionality, increase that awareness and act on it one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. And I realize we are out of time and I could just go on and ask you a thousand more questions, but I do have one last question because you know, the name of the podcast is sparking wholeness. So if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Oh, that's so beautiful. Total wholeness is embrace yourself on all areas of life. What's important to you? Like, you know, your baseline and look into that. On, within yourself, your body, your breath, your senses and your emotions. Tap into that and just embrace that. And say, what can I do to improve it? Like, you know, and how do I want to feel in the emotional level? Your breath, if it's shallow, take it to your, you know, diaphragm and your belly. And on the physical tap, self-massage or self-hug or a little bit of the stretch, you know, that's something that you can do. Senses, like, you know, close your eyes and just ears and give it a little bit of that, you know, stimulation. Make sure that you're providing, you know, hydration and six taste to your, you know, your, your senses, opening up your nasal pathways so that you can breathe better, you can smell better. That wholeness on your personal level and wholeness in terms of what's important to you as a whole in life. That, you know, I love that of sparking because that's what is going to create a better digestion with the help of that tiny mm -hmm. physiological flame or emotional intellectual flame. And when that flame picks up, Ayurveda calls it Agni. Then you live a very wholesome, you know, like wholesome life and holistic life. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's such a beautiful, um, beautiful concept of that. And that's what I would say connect and tap into all of that and be intentional about your day, your emotions, and take one action, increase that awareness and one action. Mm. But really that one action for you, that will change the outcome. It's not just the circumstances and the events, but how you cope with it, how you respond to it, and how you act on that situation is what gives you the results to how you want to feel, how you want to be on every area of your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think this has been, and I don't say this to everybody, this has been one of my favorite conversations. I definitely need to learn more about Ayurveda now because <laughs> it just lines up with so much that I, I already believe it again, intuitively through the research, all of that. So tell me, where can people learn more about you and work with you? I know you have a great detoxification program on your, on your website. So wh where do people go? So they can find us on thehealinggardens.com with only one G between the healing and the gardens. That's our website. They can also, of course, email us at info at thehealinggardens.com. Or if you're local to the United States, you can reach us on 714-730-7919. Um, yeah, and, and maybe connect with us in social medias and, uh, you know, and reach out. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great, like I said, this has been so interesting and I appreciate you taking the time to be a part of the show.
Thank you so much, Erin, for having me. It's a pleasure. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze, and I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.